0: Welcome to how leaders lead i'm kula callahan here to bring you another edition of three more questions with david novak david i am psyched for one about today's conversation and glad to be back in the studio with you
1: I'm looking forward to it as well, Kula. And we have a great conversation to talk about. It's with Don Hudson, the former president and CEO of PepsiCo North America, which I know well because I worked in that company. And she's also the former chief marketing officer of the National Football League. Talk about two different jobs. But I'll tell you what, in both those, she really displayed her incredible ability to connect with consumers. And then she's teamed up with what is called the Band of Sisters, four other people who worked in the PepsiCo system and four women who wrote this book called You Should Smile More. And it has all kinds of pearls of wisdom about how to really create a culture that values women in the workplace and gets both men and women to understand each other better.
0: It is a fantastic book. And I believe you actually sent me a copy of it, David, which I appreciated. And I have sent it to a bunch of my friends who are women leaders in their fields. And it is so much fun. In the episode, I can't remember what question it was, but Dawn says that she got the moniker from one of her coworkers as a bad sister after she released that book. So I'm channeling Dawn's bad sister energy today. And you better watch out because who knows what the bad sister is about to bring your way.
1: All right, let's see the hard balls that you've figured out for me.
0: <laughs> all right, question number one. We've talked about Dawn's book, "You Should Smile More," that she wrote with the Band of Sisters. I loved the book, David. I know you loved it too. What's the most powerful insight you took away from reading that, as a male in the workplace?
1: First of all, I have to tell you. I couldn't put the book down because it was chock full with lots of really great insights that I think everyone should really understand. But the thing that really stood out to me was just the small differences language can make. And some of the things that men say that I think are really offensive to women, but I'd never really thought about it. Like for example, have you met the new girl in the office? That's a phrase that someone would say if you had a new female employee. But have you ever heard anyone ever say, have you met the new boy in the office? It's a little thing, but I could see how it could be very irritating and also, you know, set the wrong tone.
0: What I love about this book, too, as a woman reading it, I felt so seen and empowered reading it. Because as women, we kind of all deal with these little tiny nuances and intricacies in the workplace as we engage with men. And you know, at a certain point, you're just kind of like, well, that's just how it is. And, and they'll never change. And they don't actually know how this phrase or this saying is affecting me. So I love that it's kind of shedding light on those things. And also giving people both men and women alike, tools to reimagine the conversation in the workplace in order to value each gender equally. So it is fantastic. And I've never heard someone say, who's the new boy?
1: Yeah, that's true. But give me an example of what really stood out to you.
0: So there's a chapter in the book. There's 31 chapters, but they're super short. It's a really fun book to read. And one of the chapters towards the end talks about up talk. So a lot of times when women, well, I'll just speak from my experience, when I get excited about things, my tonation in my voice gets really high and kind of almost sing-songy a little bit. and sometimes men would comment to me and offer me feedback. You know, you lose credibility when your voice gets really high and you start talking about something exciting when really I'm no less credible and I have no less authority on the topic. I'm just really excited about it. And so I felt very almost cared for reading that because I know a lot of other women kind of experience that too. And even though my voice gets really high, it doesn't mean I'm a valley girl and don't know what I'm talking about. It's just because I'm passionate about the topic and that's how it shows up in my personality. So that's something that I was just, I read and I was like, yes, that's what I feel like whenever I get kind of in those conversations and I get excited about things and my voice gets really high. So that's just one example of how, how Dawn and the Band of Sisters are empowering men to recognize women and all that they bring to the workplace.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I think the book is a really fun read, but an insightful read and can really help you uh, grow in terms of how you can relate to females if you're a man. And by the way, it also is a very good book that gets women to think about how they can relate better with men.
0: I certainly felt that way reading it and highly recommend the book. So for those of you listening, grab a copy of You Should Smile More by the Band of Sisters. Question number two. In the book that we just spoke about, Dawn teaches people, of course, how to dismantle the gender bias in the workplace. And she says that one of the most important ways you have to do that is involve men in that change process. Let's listen to this clip from Dawn about how to change this part of your culture. What
1: we want to do is change culture.
0: So, what you have to do is ask
1: the other people in the room, the men and the women, to come in and help. And if you can sensitize
0: bystanders, witnesses, who are there to actually do something. It's really easy. David, from your perspective, talk me through how you would go about changing culture around gender bias in a workplace.
1: First of all, I think you really should ask yourself, do you have an issue here? Many times you might, as a leader, think that you don't. Okay? So I think what I would do is, after reading that book, is I would bring in a group of women in our company and just ask them a bunch of questions and get a, a real good sense of how they were thinking. And I think that would give me some insights and it would tell me whether we have, you know, a significant issue or not. But even if we don't have a significant issue, I think that I found this book so powerful and Don's insights so powerful. What I would do is I would bring Don and her team in and have them spend you know, a couple of hours with uh, our full leadership team, 200 people or whoever you would say are the top leaders in your company, and just build a sensitivity to the kinds of things that they talk about in the book. I always feel like when you can bring a subject matter expert into your company and have them expose their thinking, that can really uh, help you accelerate uh, your culture, and and what you're really trying to, to make happen in the workplace. And the other thing I would do is I would give that book out to as many people as we could afford to give it out to, because I think when you read that, it gives you all kinds of insights.
0: You know, one thing I'll add to your comment, just as a female, I'm imagining myself in the scenario you just described about bringing a bunch of women into a room and asking them a bunch of questions. A lot of times, subconsciously, women in the workplace feel as though if they voice their true opinion and how they truly feel, they will somehow be reprimanded for it, whether it is being demoted or you know getting a pay cut or something like that. So to those males who are listening to this episode, I think it's really important too to establish a safe space and to make sure the women feel psychologically safe enough to share authentically about their experience.
1: That's a great point. I think you have to create a safe haven. If you really want to get, you know, good and constructive feedback, you have to create a safe haven where people can feel very comfortable talking about whatever they want to want to talk about. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. You know, along those lines, if I was going to bring a group of women in to get feedback, I would bring our chief people officer with me, who is Ann Byerline. And I would have her in the room, which I think would, you know, help people feel more comfortable. And also, she could point out the fact that we're here really to listen and learn and that, uh, you know, you be, feel free to say whatever you want to say. And she was great at that, by the way.
0: I think that's very wise advice. All right, question number three. Dawn's perspective on balancing your personal life and your work life is one I really admire. She says that basically you can't separate the two. You can't have a list of personal to-dos and a separate list of professional to-dos. She says it's never that simple and you must integrate the two. David, what's your perspective on that? I'm so curious.
1: Well, I don't know how you can compartmentalize business from your personal life because guess what? there's 24 hours in the day and you've got to make trade-offs and decisions about how you're going to spend your time. And therefore, your personal life and your business life, they have to be intertwined so you can really make the decisions that really put the focus that you want to have on what matters to you most. You know, for example, you know, for me, if my daughter ever had anything really significant that would require parental attendance, I guarantee you, you know, I built that into my calendar, which during the day was primarily business-oriented. But I think you have to bring the two together if you're, you're really going to have a balanced life.
0: I agree. Another thing Dawn talks about is being honest with your boss or manager or team about where you're actually going in the day if it is part of your personal life. And I think going back to what I said previously about creating a safe space for people to be honest and truthful about that is super important. Because if I think that I'm going to be penalized in some way for taking a child to the doctor or something of the sort during the workday, I'm probably just going to block off a couple hours on my calendar and say I'm taking a long lunch because I don't want to tell people that what I'm actually doing isn't related to business. So Dawn gives some excellent advice and offers some great insights around how to navigate that conversation at work. She says to be honest about what you're doing during the day, even if it does pertain to your personal life, and then say, you know, I'll get back online at seven o'clock tonight and be sure I get you what you need for the project.
1: I agree totally, and you know one other thing that I'd just like to point out about Don is just she's so competitive. You know, she is someone that just wants to win. I mean, she's an athlete, and then she's very competitive in business. And I love the story about how Pepsi Cola pitched the the Subway account, and it was the biggest account for Pepsi, and they lost the business. And she was just. Distraught over it, but she just couldn't believe it. So she hunts the guy down, and tries to convince him to change his change his mind. And uh, you know, it didn't happen. He'd already made the decision. But she learned a lot from it by finding out what it was they maybe could have done better with their pitch or handling that business. And I'd like to think that uh, if I lost a big big account like that, I'd I'd call the person up at a minimum and try to learn why it happened. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes when you don't win, you can learn from why you lost. And uh, I enjoyed that part of the conversation with her as well.
0: I did too. I can honestly see myself just hunting someone down and demanding answers if they decided not to renew a contract with me. I love how competitive she is. And I also love how she owns the fact that she's competitive. It's a really great way that she's really owning her power as a female leader. David, how was that for a bad sister interview?
1: Kula, you are a bad sister. There's no doubt about that.
0: I take that as very high praise.
1: You know, my my wife, Wendy, is listening in. When you said that, she just laughed. She thought that was
0: good. (laughs) Wendy, you're a bad sister too. She
1: enjoys these podcasts with you, Kula. (laughs)
0: Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well.
1: And I want you to tune in Thursday because we've got a best of episode for you. In this one, Cool and I will run through some of the very best insights our guests have shared in the last three months. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. So we'll see you on Thursday.